0: Welcome back everyone on the air, online, maybe even out there on first ice. This is your weekend installment of Our Outdoors. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. Great to be with you here, kicking off the month of December, a pretty good weekend, not a lot of travel issues, some ice setting up out there, but you want to be careful, obviously we've had some ups and downs in the weather, and by ups I mean very high spring-like temperatures for for the start of the month but things will be cooling off and obviously those opportunities will present themselves shortly but remember to have that flotation with you whether it's a float suit or a life jacket and have those ice picks in your hands and those ice cleats as you are creeping out there to stay safe on that first hard water there's still a lot of hunting to be done pheasant numbers are actually pretty good folks are finding them in the habitat digging deep because that's where they've had to go there's nothing around them and we've got more on both of those topics up at newsdakota.com and dakotaedge.com So get all the tips and information you need for this time of year when you're transitioning into that ice fishing mode from your upland adventures or maybe you're sneaking in some late season deer hunts out on the archery stand or filling out that muzzleloader tag if you're one of those lucky ducks who were able to pull one this season. On the other side of the deer coin, looking at mule deer, a story might have escaped your eye if you were caught in the hustle and bustle of firearms season and headed into Thanksgiving early in November. Game and Fish released a set of numbers that showed a significant drop in the the doe to fawn ratio for our mule deer populations in western North Dakota this occurring primarily as a result of the drought but it was pretty significant dropping down to levels we haven't seen in more than a decade or so when we look back at those tough winters through, from 2010 through 2012. To learn more on the situation we have Bruce Stillings joining us after the break he is the big game management supervisor for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department to help us break those numbers down and get an understanding of what we need for a rebound so stay tuned. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We are out of deer season, but if you missed it in the rush during the rut, we saw some drops in numbers for mule deer out in western North Dakota. And for that reason, we have Bruce Stillings with us. He's the North Dakota Game and Fish Big Game Management Supervisor. Bruce, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you on when we're looking into the numbers and trying to figure out what's happening on the landscape. The big note coming out of the fall surveys was that we saw a considerable fawn-to-doe ratio drop in those mule deer out in western North Dakota this fall. How bad was it, and what was the primary reason for that?
1: So we completed our annual fall survey in mid-October, and we found that we, we recorded 60 fawns per 100 does. And this is the lowest fawn-to-doe ratio that we've recorded since 2012, following those extreme winters of 2008 through 2010. So it is considerably lower than the long-term average, which is about 88 fawns per 100 does. So this is as low as we've ever recorded doing our fall mule deer survey.
0: Sure. And what do you chalk that up to, seeing that considerable drop?
1: We're finding that this uh, extended drought can be a, just as negative to mule deer and fawn production as those extreme winters that we recently experienced in 2008 through 2010. That's just that lack of moisture resulting in lack of forage, which results in mule deer adults being in poor body condition. And those adult does uh, are just not as able to produce a a healthy fawn and get them through to that six months of age when when we do our our surveys. Combine that with vegetative conditions from the the drought has also led to very poor fawning conditions. Really important when that fawn is dropped in early to mid-June that they've got good, good concealment from predators, uh, good grass growth and, and shrubs. And we certainly don't have that with this extreme drought. And so no doubt that the conditions are sure set uh, more favorable for predators at this time than successfully concealing a fawn. So uh, kind of a double double-edged sword there, but both working against producing fawns on the ground.
0: Yeah, it's tough to hide from those coyotes and even some mountain lions if you don't have anything to hide behind. In that same report, it stated that yearling Mm -hmm. mule deer bucks exhibited smaller antlers. How is that also a biological sign of stress?
1: Right. So the the North Dakota Badlands are are typically known for just really high quality habitat for all our big game species, uh, and especially mule deer. And typically a yearling male mule deer will have a nice forked antler and this year observers recorded more single spikes more so than normal and this is certainly a indicator of uh, poor forage quality nutritional stress being put on those younger animals and producing that single spike versus a, a forked antler
0: Then the follow-up question I think a lot of hunters would have is, will those smaller antlers now Mm -hmm. impact antler growth in the future, or would it be a complete reset next year, say, if they got good forage, good water, and so on?
1: So, yeah, not necessarily that, uh, you know, a a spike, you know, this this year is going to have a lifetime of uh, reduced antler size. And so, yeah, it's... uh going to determine and be, be re- reset on uh, nutritional conditions this spring and summer coming up in, in 2022. So it certainly could could change for those uh, spikes that were produced this year. And, and then, you know, just to, to make note that there were, you know, plenty of nice forked uh, yearlings observed and some very, very high quality buck shot this past season. So, you know, it's, it's always variable um, but, you know, on the population level, we certainly noticed that more, more spikes were, were out on the landscape and, and that's sure a, you know, a sign of nutritional stress. So
0: We're talking with Bruce Stillings, North Dakota Game and Fish Big Game Management Supervisor. Bruce, you mentioned the quality of habitat being a concern. How is the quantity of habitat? Are we seeing the disappearance of wild acres or is that pretty stable when you look comparing it to the eastern part of North Dakota versus the west?
1: Yeah, we're quite a bit more, more stable in the western part of the state with native rangelands. But well, we have been, been losing our you know CRP acres over the last five years at a similar rate to the eastern part of the state. And those CRP acres, everybody knows the benefits with, with pheasants and, and white-tailed deer. But pronghorn and mule deer also really reap the benefits of that permanent grassland source provided by, by CRP.
0: Sure. And then as a follow-up to that, uh, do you think we're at the upper boundary in terms of lands that can support mule deer or could that be improved with more grass uh, in terms of uh, numbers and and thousands of mm-hmm. acres? Where are where is North Dakota at in terms of its mule deer carrying capacity?
1: That's a great question. And that carrying capacity, that's going to change every year the, you know, what that landscape can support. And right now with the current habitat conditions, there's certainly going to be fewer deer that can be be supported on the landscape, whereas if we could get the the moisture that's needed, um, you know, starting with snowpack this winter, rain this spring, those habitat conditions can certainly improve, which would allow us to carry uh, more deer on the landscape in the future.
0: Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that and hope that diseases stay away. And while we know EHD impacted a lot of whitetails throughout North Dakota in the West in 2021, mule deer are less prone to the virus, but they can get it and it can impact them. Did you see any mule deer mortality from EHD this summer and fall?
1: We did have mule deer mortalities due to EHD. And on that same note, we actually had a few pronghorn, uh, elk, and even A single bighorn sheep was documented that died from ehd and and certainly the species that i mentioned there don't have the mortality rates like like the white-tailed deer but it just shows how much virus was in the system this past summer and fall
0: yeah it was impact felt across the western portion of the state obviously when it comes down to it folks listening are wondering you know heading out west uh, how can mm-hmm. hunters expect that drop in fawn to doe numbers and the other impacts you saw to impact their odds at a license uh, next mm-hmm. summer and fall? What what are you seeing in terms of comparing it back to 2012 and the license levels there?
1: Yeah, that's certainly a, a million dollar question, and and will yeah have to be answered when we complete the survey in the spring. But yeah, comparing it back to um, you know the Uh, record low fawn production in 2011 and 12, we did see reductions in license numbers in response to a a lower population abundance. And, and that, that does seem like the trail that we're on to see a uh, reduction in licenses. I, I guess I'm hopeful that maybe some units may be able to at least remain the same and kind of stay with that stable impact that, uh, population that I just mentioned, you know, one thing I should mention is, you know, even if we we get that moisture that we've talked about, we do get improved habitat conditions, we likely will see that same lag effect as we did with those severe winters in 8 through 10, where it's going to take multiple seasons of improved forage conditions for those deer to improve their body condition to see the results of better fawn production so for instance you know the winters of 2008 through 2010 we didn't see that fawn production bottom out until actually 2012 and then from there it started going up so even with improved habitat conditions we could still be seeing that that lag effect and we're we're finding that that extreme drought can be just as uh, detrimental to mule deer as uh, extreme winter conditions
0: yeah, it certainly can be, and then in the end, impacting those hunters. It's not always good news, but we're glad you're out there keeping track of it and shooting straight with the hunters. Bruce, we appreciate your time and all of the work out in the field, and most importantly, thanks for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, you're certainly welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: So obviously the drought impacting a lot of different animals out there on the landscape. Bruce Stillings sharing the mule deer side of things as we look at pheasant production this year, which we saw you know, dipping down to those same lows that we had in 2017 after that drought. Obviously, waterfall production was a very difficult process as well throughout North Dakota. But there is hope if we can get a little bit of rain, maybe a little bit of snow this winter, nothing too serious, these animals will pull through. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the weather and thank you so much for being part of the Our Outdoor Network on NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. All those stories and more getting you psyched up and ready for ice fishing and to wrap up a great hunting season is there for your perusal. So check it all out. Have a great first weekend of December and remember to take a kid out there with you as well. And if you do, I'm certain that I'll see you in our outdoors.